This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, if you've listened to this show for a minute, you know that not long ago, we talked to a sustainability expert. I asked her if folks should feel guilty if they don't compost, and her answer was a pretty blunt yes. But composting can be messy and smelly and intimidating. Today, I'm with a Pittsburgher who says she can help. It's Thursday, May 18th. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. Meg Graham is the owner of May Apple Gardening. She works on native habitat and garden design, all sorts of fun stuff. But today, Meg, you are also the expert on composting fails. I want to know what is the absolute worst one you've seen. Oh, the worst one I've seen, and I kind of see it pretty often, is when people have one of those spinny units at their home, and they just have one of them, and it sort of gets forgotten, or they're just always adding fresh material, and then it just turns into this like anaerobic, soupy, stinky mess, and it just inevitably ends up kind of, I think, turning people off from composting altogether. I already feel uh, attacked. Um, That is exactly what I have literally cleaned it out before we got on this call. (laughs) Don't feel attacked. I feel like that specific type of unit is, unfortunately, I feel like it's really popular and people love to get it. And often that's the one that I see Mm -hmm. is the least user friendly for folks. Before we get into your tips and tricks, um, why do you think that it is so important that people compost? Well, I think the biggest thing that got me into it early on in my gardening career was that it's a great way to build soil. So if you're already a gardener and you have an outdoor space or you keep potted plants, it's a great way to enrich the soil um, and to keep waste out of the landfills great way to sequester uh, carbon by, you know, turning that into compost rather than methane gas in a landfill. We don't want to just keep taking from it without putting it back. Well, so if someone is a true beginner, um, let's start with what you can actually compost. Um, Personally, I've only ever done veggies because meat and cooked stuff sort of intimidated me. Um, What can you use to start and then maybe what comes after that? Well, I would say... For people who are beginning, I I really wouldn't incorporate any grains, oil, uh, cooked produce or fruits, um, and no meat, because that stuff is sort of the expert level composting there. And you want to have maybe some space uh, and time (laughs) for something like that. But (laughs) Good. I'm glad I got that part right. Keep going. (laughs) But for the average homeowner, we're doing like eggshells, banana peels, avocado peels, fruit rinds, stuff like that. 
And that's very great material to start with. And then the other component that you need is what they call the brown material. So the fresh stuff you get from your kitchen waste, that's the green material, your fruits and your vegetable scraps. Um, And then the brown material is leaves from last fall or shredded up uh, newspaper or dried grass clippings. Um, and sometimes finely shredded uh, wood mulch could be used. Is there anything that you see people tossing in compost that you think just categorically does not belong that people screw up sometimes? Oh, well, I would say there's some things that are harder to break down. Like I see a lot of times avocado peels are hard to break down, you know, and that's one of the signs of a really well-finished compost is if you've gotten your avocado peels to disappear, you have done really good. You should get a gold star. See, at the end of the year, I literally have two buckets and it looks like I've eaten nothing all year long but coffee, avocados and eggs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is a little upsetting to have stare you back yeah, in the face yeah. a year later. The eggs may, they, they, I don't know if those will ever break down other than just kind of turning into dust at some point. The show today is brought to you by an incredible local resource, AIDS Free Pittsburgh, and their pledge to end the HIV AIDS epidemic in Allegheny County by 2030. If that is a cause that is close to your heart, make sure you're around for their biggest event of the summer, the sixth annual Too Hot for July. It is a party, but it is also a chance to get confidential HIV and STI testing for free, plus info on the incredible preventative medicines we have now to keep yins happy, healthy, and feeling your most confident out on the town. So come on out to Allegheny Commons East Park on Thursday, May 30th. Yes, July is in the name, but the event is in May. Don't get confused. May 30th from 4 to 10 p.m. There will be DJ sets, a health fair and marketplace, a ballroom-inspired dance battle, cash bar, food trucks, and more. Plus, a performance by Tony Award winner Alex Newell, a.k.a. Unique, from Glee. This is all thanks to True Tea Pittsburgh and so many folks doing the good work out here in the community. So do not miss out. Learn more at TooHotForJuly.com. Where should you store your food scraps? Um, Because summer in Pittsburgh, I can speak from experience. People are correct to worry about that rotten fruit peel smell if you don't have pretty powerful air conditioning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think some people, they... When they have an excess of, they have like more compost than they can compost, <laughs> uh, they'll take it to a community garden or a composting center and actually drop it off and let somebody else deal with it. Um, some people will freeze it. They have extra freezer space and they'll freeze their scraps until they can get to it. So you've got your food scraps. Now, what do you do with them to turn them into compost that doesn't just yield that soupy mess? So so the things that you need for to do compost are you need your one part brown material, your two part green material, water, um, air by, you know, having a pitchforks or, or having a way to turn your pile and aerate it. And then you need a compost thermometer. Because you have to keep track of the temp, the internal temperature of the pile so that you know 
when you've reached the temperature in which you're killing all your weed seeds and you're actually actively breaking down. You've made it clear then that those hand crank compost bins like I'm about to donate are not it. Um, What do you recommend instead? Well, so it's not necessarily, I guess I should say that the hand crank bin is not it. It's that that system doesn't give you an opportunity to have one pile actively composting and one pile you're adding to. Because the thing that we all have going on is we're constantly creating more food scraps, right? Yeah, yeah. I've definitely had the problem where I filled up my compost bin and then just had to like have a secondary bucket that I wasn't doing anything with. Yeah. And that's why I love the three bin system where you have... What? Three? Yeah. You have three bins (laughs) and they're like little like um, stalls and you can make them out of pallets And in the first bin, you're going to have a pile that you're actively adding material to. And so that's like you're putting in fresh stuff. You're not cooking yet. In the second bin, you have a pile that now has all the amount of material that you need to cook your compost. And you're just not adding to it. And then in the third bin, you have a pile that's like your finished compost. It's about to be done. And by the time it's done cooking in that third bin, what you take out of there should be finished compost. How long does it take to get from bin one to bin three to have finished compost? You know, um, during the warmer times of the year, you could probably accomplish that within two weeks. What? Really? If you were like really actively managing your piles. Yeah. How do you know when, you know, you're on a final cook? Um, What does it look like? What does it feel like? Does it have a scent that's different than like that vegetal soil smell? So you know your compost is done when you have, it has cooled down. So it's not, you can't get it up to a hot temperature anymore. So you've flipped it enough times or turned it enough times that you can't get your thermometer to read over 100 degrees or 120 degrees. The other thing is big is the scent. You're right. It doesn't smell like food scraps anymore that you don't want to smell. It just smells like dirt, you know? Um, And then the third thing is uh, visually, you are not going to see a lot of those parts that you put in before. Everything's going to be more uniform and look the same, be fully broken down. You may see some eggshells, you may see some avocado peels, but for the most part, everything else should be fully broken down and it should have good water retention. So if it gets wet, you should be able to make a mud ball pretty easily with it. And so for our friends and neighbors that maybe are beyond step one are interested in maybe kind of leveling up their compost game, is there a way to do it and also be a good neighbor, right? Because like having food left out in your yard can attract all kinds of animals and things like that. I would say actively caring for your pile and knowing, not taking off more than you can chew. You know, you want to, if you're going to compost, you want to commit to it. And you don't want to make something that is going to attract vermin. So not having the oils and the grains and the cheese and stuff like that, keeping that out of your pile, making sure that you are actively managing your pile so it's not just food waste sitting out. Um, And sharing, maybe that would be another way to ingratiate yourself to your neighbors is sharing your great finished compost. (laughs) Very cool. 
Meg Graham is the owner of May Apple Gardening, and you can also find her at Phipps Conservatory as part of their ecological gardening program. Meg, thank you so much for the tutorial. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me on. A little more news before you go. Pittsburgh needs more lifeguards, 50 more, if they want to open all the pools in the next few weeks. Last year in my neighborhood on the north side, two pools had their hours restricted so they could share the same lifeguarding staff, which was not helpful for me because I never managed to be at the right pool on the right day. If you're interested in helping out, you've got to be a city resident, vaccinated for COVID, and at least 16 years old by September 5th. The pay starts at $16.48 an hour and can go up to $19.05 an hour. The city will even train you. Drivers who pass a school bus with its stop sign out won't be sent to detention, but they will get a warning letter, and in July, drivers will be mailed a ticket with a $300 fine. Pittsburgh Public Schools partnered with an outside company to put cameras on buses at the start of the school year at no cost. The new superintendent says the program will help keep kids safe from reckless drivers. And if you listened to Tuesday's episode about a certain group of teenage wrestlers, you know there was a very important vote yesterday. Girls wrestling is now officially sanctioned by the state of Pennsylvania. Now they can hold tournaments and competitions just like the boys always have. It all takes effect this fall for the 2023-2024 season. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If this conversation inspired you to start composting wheel or no wheel, let us know on social. We're at CityCastPGH on Twitter and Instagram, and you can always reach us via email. That's Pittsburgh at CityCast.fm. Make sure you're subscribed to that Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to you soon. I want to say that the likelihood of a compost pile setting on fire is not high in Pittsburgh.